The reading is taken from the book or letters of Paul to the Romans. Chapter 8, verses 14 to 17, and then 22 to 25. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share his glory. And verse 22, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to this present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. It's wonderful to be speaking this morning on what is such an important subject. Shall we just pray before I begin? Father God, I pray that you would be with us now as we explore your word and as we consider such a crucial subject as we think about adoption and fostering and what that means for each one of us. I pray that you would speak to our hearts and you would challenge and inspire us. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. When I was uh, younger, in my late teens and early 20s, I had a very strong idea that I wanted to foster children when I was older. I'd watched an older lady who was part of the church that I belonged to at the time. She'd fostered over 100 children over many years and I'd watched some of that and I'd got to know some of those children and young people and I'd seen the difference that it made to them and I was inspired. I also knew something of what it was like to grow up in a home that was quite unstable and fragile and I felt very strongly that I wanted to do what I could to help children who were also in that situation to help bring a stability which they so needed. 
And I remember that I used to test out any boyfriends and potential husbands with this idea. And I'm sure that I frightened a few off with the idea. And I was also determined to train as a social worker uh, because I really felt that I could be involved in this work for similar reasons. But as the years went on and life took its path and moved on, the intensity that I used to feel subsided. I didn't train to be a social worker. I trained to be a nurse instead. And my serious boyfriend at the time, gradually in our conversations, persuaded me that actually there might be a better way, really. Didn't I want to focus on having children naturally and bringing those up and having a family that way? They would bring with them such challenges, children that you would foster. And uh, why would I want to do that? Life has enough challenges anyway. And so I honestly think that if life would have turned out the way we always think it will, if I'd have got married, got pregnant, etc., etc., that I actually wouldn't have fostered in the end. I wouldn't have ventured off course and given a home to children who really needed one. Can't that often be the case with our good intentions? But as life turned out for me, life took me on a path where it became a necessary step that actually we considered fostering or adoption and we decided to adopt to be able to build our own loving family. And so I speak this morning on a subject that is very close to my heart because I speak as the adopted mother of three children, now 11, 10 and 9. And uh, we adopted those, Tim and I adopted those eight years ago almost. And our journey of adoption has shown Tim and I so much of God's character, his love and his plans for his world. It's been really striking to us over the years. And most clearly, we've come to see that adoption, we're Christians, it isn't something that affects some of us. It's something that affects all of us because it's at the heart of God's relationship with us and of our relationship with him. And that wonderful reading that we heard from the Bible this morning, that highlights some of this that we are all adopted by God, we hear. And God's choice to adopt us as his children is one of the most precious truths of all. And if we take that to heart, then it can be life transforming. He knows all about us, and yet he still chooses to want us as his children. He didn't have to do it. We didn't earn it. He chooses to do it. He offers to take us on, warts and all, knowing that we're far from perfect, but still wanting to have that parental, father relationship with us. And this is made all the more powerful when you think about the context into which the author Paul was writing this Bible passage that we've heard today. Because for the Romans, adoption was a very complex and difficult thing. It wasn't think something that was done very often. And this was because at the time, a father had what was called in the Greek, patria potestas, patria potestas. And this is where a father had complete control over a child until the point 
of his father's death. So it's not like for us where there's a coming of age at 18 and that responsibility goes. It actually was until the point of the father's death. And also the fact that all the debts of the father were the responsibility of the child. And so this is what made adoption into another family a very complex process and a big step, not something that could be done lightly. So when the people at the time heard what Paul was saying, this actually would have been very powerful imagery. When he said that we no longer have to be controlled by our past, our mistakes, our failings, but that we, that we are completely God's. He wants us to be his children, not loosely connected, but to have that Petraea Potestas, totally his, with his total commitment, no debts to pay, free from all of that, and actually with that inheritance of the riches of his grace. It's a wonderful thing, isn't it? God has adopted each one of us as his child, and he longs for us to enter fully into that relationship with him not to deny it or reject it or run away from it, but to run to him and to cry, Abba, Father, Daddy, in good times and in bad. And I know for us that in the challenges of our journey of adoption as a Lomax family and in the more general times of struggle that we all can face, it's made so much difference to us to know that we're adopted by a God who loves us and has committed fully to us. That he's walking with us in everything that we face and he'll never leave us. That relationship is there. And when we've reached the end of our human resources, as we all do, then to know that we've been able to rely on God's resources as our father and therefore that that can flow through into the lives of our children has meant the world to us. God's promise of adoption can make a life-changing difference to each one of us, whatever life brings our way. In today's Bible passage, I don't know whether you noticed, but we heard the word hope five times in just a few sentences. It's striking. And there's something that can't be ignored here about there being a cause for hope for the future because of our adoption as God's children. And if you don't know the reality of that in your life today, the reality of the Father's love and the hope that you can have because of that, then please I implore you to reach out to God today, to cry out to him as Father and to ask to have that relationship with him. Now I know that for most of us who regularly come to church, the sermons and the talks that we hear every week can gradually merge into one and it's okay, you can be, you can be honest. But um, for each one of us as well, there'll also be those sermons that really stick in our minds and we carry with us and we never forget. And for me, one of the most challenging and striking sermons I've ever heard was when Tim was training at Ridley and Rowan Williams, the Archbishop of Canterbury at the time, came to visit the college and he spoke to us in the evening in the communion service. And he spoke so powerfully about our lives as Christians being like signs of God for others to see. And he said that we are called as Christians to be like signposts pointing the way to God 
showing others what God is like and showing others what life with him and that relationship is like. And I remember really clearly, and it's several years ago now, but I remember he asked us, are you a hopeful people? What does your life say about God? What are you showing? What's the kind of, if you're a little signpost of, of hope and of God, what are you saying to people? And it gave me at the time much to reflect on, and it's something I've come back to a lot. What did people see of my life? What did my life say to others? And was it hopeful? And how did it speak of God? And at the time, we'd not long adopted our children, and we're in the throes of that. But I could see even then that no wonder how, no matter how challenging it was, and um, it was very challenging. We had three children that just arrived. We got to know them, but then they did arrive just into our home, and that is pretty challenging <laughs> to have that overnight. But no matter how challenging it was, I could still see even then that our family's life story also spoke very powerfully of who God is and what he's about and what we have because of that. It showed something of what it means to live a life that, in the way that God calls us all to as Christians, where being a family, a child, a parent, isn't just about being together because we're flesh and blood. We can relate to this in our Christian community and in our churches, where we're chosen and joined together in a different way, where we commit to and love one another because... We choose to, not because we have to. And there's something of God's story that is within every adoption and foster placement that takes place. When children and adults are joined together to become families, where a transient relationship becomes a permanent one, where the heart finds a home, where a new future is discovered, and where fear is replaced by hope. But the awful fact and it's really, really striking and challenging, is that there are children up and down this country who don't know the reality of that, who don't know about hope. Actually, what they live with is fear. And there is children in this area and this town who don't know the kind of hope that we've talked about today. There are children that don't know that their future can be better than their past. Children who are wondering if anybody will ever love them. Children who are wondering whether they will ever be part of a family. Children who have never been on holiday or had a healthy meal cooked for them or been taught to ride a bike, excuse me, but it's very, very, it's, this is powerful stuff. Or had somebody simply sit with them and read a book. And that's the challenges that face us in our country today. And so I want to ask each one of us this morning, what difference has God's love made to your life? Where would you be without the love that others have shown to you? What person would you become? How might your life have turned out? And so the next big question is, what can you do to help with fostering and adoption? And I believe that as we go through these services this morning, our two services, that there will be at least one person or family whom God is asking to adopt or foster. And I'm really praying for that, and I ask that you do too, that somebody will hear this message this morning and think, actually, this is something that I can do. And so are you 
Is God calling you to adopt? Or could you foster? There's lots of ways in which you can do this. You can do it as a long-term foster placement and commit to do that. But there's also such a need for respite where there's families who are fostering and actually they need a break. Or you can do it as an emergency foster carer where actually where children are taken out, maybe in the middle of the night even, that you just step in and you've got a safe place until there's somewhere for them to go for a few days even. Do you have many years of parental experience maybe or life experience? Many people choose to foster in later life. Could you give a home to a child who has additional needs? Could you give a home to a child who's slightly older? Remember when we were going through the process, one of the things that I found so difficult was that it's only really the younger children who people want to adopt because actually the babies, there's quite a, a need and a desire for people to, to adopt those. But once a child reaches about eight years old, unless they've got a little sibling, actually the majority then stay within foster care or they stay in a care within a care home setting. And that's really, really a terrible thing that actually to think that children in our country, they have almost a sell-by date. That surely isn't right. And there's also a real need for people to adopt groups of siblings. Again, people are more likely to adopt one child or, or maybe two. But I remember when Tim and I were approved to adopt three children. Again, it broke our heart. There were 12 couples in the whole of the country who were available, available to do that. And there were 200, uh, 400 sorry, sibling groups waiting to be adopted. And please hear me this morning. I'm not saying that fostering or adoption is an easy thing to do. It isn't. It's the hardest thing that I've ever done. And I'm not saying that it isn't a risk. It can bring much heartbreak. And at times, at worst, it can go completely wrong. And it can be the most challenging thing and yet the most life-affirming, joy-filled thing. And that can, uh, those, those emotions and those things are very real and they're all there. And maybe this morning you, can't, you know that you can't commit to foster or to adopt, but can you support others who have adopted or who are fostering? Can you wrap around those families? This is what Care for the Family, the Christian organization that are promoting this, are saying that actually people who have fostered or adopted need others to wrap around them in love and support. Can you do that? Can you do that practically? Can you do that emotionally? And I know that um, Tim and I have valued so much over the years those that have done that for us. And there's many families that need that support. Your support network is everything. And so finally, each one of us can pray. We can all do that. We can pray for the children struggling to survive such difficult situations. We can pray for the organizations that are involved in this important work. We can pray for the families who have adopted or are fostering. And we can pray for churches to get involved and support whatever and however they can. So to finish, as we mark Adoption Sunday today, be encouraged to respond to God's loving promise of adoption for each one of us and allow your wraparound love and support of some of our most vulnerable children 
to become a living story of God's love for us. Will you pray with me, please? Our dear and loving Heavenly Father, we have had so much about which to think this morning. And Lord, we want to praise you because you are our dear and our loving Heavenly Father. How wonderful that we can turn to the almighty Creator God and know that you are our Father. And Lord, we thank you so much for what we have been hearing this morning. We thank you for those who open their homes and their hearts to these little people who have no one to care. And Lord, thank you for Tim and for Kate and for the way that they have taken in these lovely little ones to be their family. Thank you for the example that they are of your love for us. And Lord God, this morning, very much on my heart are the children who have perhaps seen their parents murdered and are in countries like Syria and Iran and Iraq where they just live in fear because they don't know what's going to happen next. Lord God, they just need someone to love them. And we know that you do. But dear God, we pray that there may be agencies and your family of the church who will be able to take a hold of these little lives and, Lord, put their arms around them for you. Dear God, it moves us to the core of our being that children can be in this kind of state. And, Lord God, we thank you that you are a powerful and a loving Heavenly Father who cares about each one. And, Lord, thank you, too, that we don't need to be little children to need your love. We thank you, Father, for the knowledge of your kindness and your love to us each day. And Lord, we so want to share this with other people. We thank you for the opportunities that come when we can put a hand out to those in very great need. And Lord, this very day there will be this opportunity and we pray for those who will come in this afternoon, those who will be sad of heart because they have lost somebody very dear Dear God, we pray that this opportunity may not be lost and that we will put out our arms and our hands as your arms and hands to these people. We ask, Father God, that this afternoon there may be a real sense of your fatherhood in this house. Lord, we ask for those who will come that they may not be afraid in any way, but they may come knowing that here they will find your love and your comfort. You are such a mighty God. Father God, we do pray too for those who are in distress. We think of the family here who have people who are sick. Lord, those who are housebound and those who are in and out of hospital. Those who have permanent problems. Lord, you know each one and we lift them to you. Knowing that your father care for each one is so precious and so special. And Lord, we pray too for those who are in any kind of trouble. We hear this morning of the disasters going on in Wales because of the weather. 
and in other places, Lord, where there has been damage and hurt to home and property, and in some cases, loss of life. Lord, there is always so much going on in this world which would break anybody's heart. But Father God, thank you that you are in control. And Lord God, we do know this. Help us to cling on tightly to you as we look forward to the day when you will come back and make everything right for all of us. So Father God, we just commend one another to your love as we join together in the family prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your kingdom come, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our sin, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen.